Welcome to the Between the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Monday, February 10th, 2020. Hope that you all are doing well and that you've had a great weekend. I'm so excited about today's podcast episode. But before we get started, I want to say thank you to everybody who is new to the podcast tuning in today. Listen, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. For those of you all that are returning, thank you as well. I ask that you continue your support, man, by leaving a comment if you haven't already, uh, a review on whatever platform you might be listening on, and make sure you share it with somebody who needs it. So today's episode is very special. I told you that one of the goals for me for 2020 was to continue um, in my pathway of not only helping you to pursue your dream, but in my responsibility to help others in the dreams that they have in their pursuit as well. Part of my goal in doing that is to be able to bring on individuals to the podcast who not only have a great story or a great message, but also great advice for us to be able to take and to live by in our own dreams and our own real life situations and circumstances and pursuit. And today's episode encompasses that. I have my good friend, Melanie Reyes, who is a powerhouse in her own right. She's a ministry leader, um, but she is a woman of, of great faith and strength. And one of the things that I love is that Melanie carries a unique story around something that has been very dear and near to me. Um, and that has been on my heart lately. And that is with the season coming up of Valentine's Day, whether you celebrate it or not, the reality is, is that you cannot get past the marketing and the advertising for it that's taking place right now. And because of that, I know that it can be a trigger to people. It can cause people to remember um, where they are in life right now when it comes to maybe the lack of love that they don't have. But one of the things that I've seen that it's triggered a lot for individuals who have been separated or divorced specifically. And Melanie carries a very unique story and testimony in what she's had to overcome and accomplish in this. We, in this episode, we dive on a few different topics that I think are important, one of which is the effects that the divorce can have on our mental and emotional health, right, when it comes to anxiety, sadness, sorrow, depression, um, but then also some of the actions that come from us when it comes to how we respond um, in our day-to-day and some of the things that we do. So I'm really excited for you all to listen and hear what she has to share in this episode. Please, please, if you need to take notes or if you need to just really dive into this for your own personal personal self and situation, I encourage you to do so. Um, I know that it's going to be beneficial and I know that it's going to be a blessing to you all. Guys, I'm so excited for you all to hear what Melanie has to share. And without further ado, I'm going to let you jump right into this message with my good friend, Melanie Reyes. Mel, it's so good to be with you today to have this conversation. Thank you for joining I am excited. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I am too. So tuning in from, uh, what part of Florida are you in again? I am in Orlando. Mickey Orlando. Land, Mickey Mouse Land. There we go. Mickey Mouse <laughs> Land. All right. I love it. I love it. So I'm so happy to be here with you today. So, I mean, you and I have gotten a chance to talk off air about it, but, you know, with this whole conversation of um, the divorce aspect, overcoming it, like what are the next phases and all of that? I thought that you would be the perfect person to have this conversation with because obviously you've got an experience that I know you're going to be sharing um, today in this space. But um, I was kind of influenced one from like my own story. And I think not necessarily having the courage and boldness that you have um, because I've been in this space now where it'll be, I think this year will make four years um, since being divorced. And um, with that being said, 
I have kind of felt like this little bit of like fear and intimidation, but it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, God is like really pushing you and you've overcome it like a lot quicker mm-hmm. and sooner and faster. <laughs> and great, and I love it. And so, um, but just thinking about it, like, you know, we're a few days out from, you know, Valentine's day. And I know that some people might actually celebrate it, whether you celebrate it or not though, one of the things that we see via marketing campaigns, commercials, advertisements on the web or whatever the case might be is like, hey, love this, love that. And I know you and I are both, you know, huge advocates of love and knowing what love is definitely the way that, you know, kingdom love and the way Christ intended it, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important. So I'm happy to have you on here because like I said, I know that you have a lot to share. And so when we were kind of going back and forth about this, you you talked about this area of like privacy versus secrecy. Yeah. I know is like huge for many of us. Some people probably say more in secrecy than just privacy. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I feel like I need to be quiet. I can't say anything. And for many reasons that we're going to dive into, but what really inspired that that thought process for you when it came to this whole idea of privacy versus secrecy? Yeah. So let me just say that it began with me making a big mistake of having to feel like I needed to be so open Mm -hmm. Um, as a public figure, somebody that's been a leader in a Christian organization and everything. I have a lot of eyes on me and I felt like I had to sit here and be truthful about my process. And God actually checked me and said, no, 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 no. There's a difference between secrecy and privacy. I'm not trying to keep your life a secret. I'm trying to heal you. And I just didn't understand it. And, um, what I, what I, when I started to pray about it, God showed me that the motives, the motives are different, right? Mm-hmm. Secrets are, are usually done because of fear mm-hmm. and it comes with deceit, yeah. you know, privacy, however, it's with, it's with uh, wisdom. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through my process, believe it or not, it took people about, um, I want to say about 14 months before, before people knew that I was actually divorced yeah. and that backfired on me in two different aspects. One, I began to talk to the wrong people and it got to my ex's family. And then, you know, you say, you say very little and then people add to it. So like, that's when I said, you know what, God is like, you're talking to the wrong people. I never told you to confide in these people. I never, Mm -hmm. so I decided, okay, you know what? I need to step back. And I began to ask God, I said, God, then show me who I'm supposed to speak with. Because I know like the word of God says, we confess we confess our sins to God, but we confess it to one another for healing, right? And I knew that I needed to walk this out with people. So I began to ask God for the people that I needed to talk to. And he brought a circle of women to walk me through the process. And that's how he showed me the difference between secrecy and privacy. Secrecy, you do it with deceit. And I remember hearing this and it always stuck to me. It says, um, I think it was real talking that said this. She said, the best thing about telling the truth is that you don't have to remember what you said. Yeah. Right? So always go with the truth. But you don't have to tell the truth to everybody. You don't have to speak to everybody. And I learned that the hard way. Mm -hmm. Because again, I would say very little. I, you know, I shared with a few people what my husband, my ex-husband did. And all of a sudden they added, oh, she also said this. She also said, and I'm like, I never said any of that. All (laughs) I said was this, you know? So I began to realize that people just love to put in their two cents and 
And again, God checked me and said, ah, but you're talking to the wrong people. And at the end of the day, I knew I was doing it for validation. I was doing it to get people in my corner. To right. Get you feel like right, you got that what I support. Thought, <laughs> right. But what I thought was the right people in my corner, because if I get these people in my corner, they're going to be able to speak to him and help us through this process. And yeah. it completely backfired on no, me. No, yeah. So that's one, definitely one of the lessons that I learned. I think that that's really, process. really good that you pointed that out too. Um, because I think a lot of us do live more along the sides of secrecy, right? We haven't really made that um, conscious effort to say like there is a separation between the two, right? Mm-hmm. So many of us, and you you touched on it really well when you talk about secrecy kind of being more so in that space of fear, mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, as we talk about divorce and separation and and definitely for those who, who function under a faith that um, for so long, you know, uh, people who, who carry that that faith strong and hard have almost condemned those who have been in the position that we've been in, Mm -hmm. you know, when we talk about being divorced and um, the whole thing is amazing to me um, because obviously, you know, I talk about a lot of mental health and how things that we go through in life affect our mind, our hearts and our emotions. And so it's funny because everything that we're going to talk about today. And I think everything that you've even talked about here, definitely on fear, this is the start of the emotional uh, process to where, our our mental and emotional health can be damaged in this, right? Like mm-hmm. the idea that, oh, well, I'm sharing for validation. I'm sharing because maybe there's a chance. I'm sharing mm-hmm. this, that, and the third. And then that anxiety kicks in so hard when what you shared in the people that you thought were trustworthy and confiding mm-hmm. in have now started to spew out. It's gotten back and your heart begins to pound super hard and you will literally overthink yourself into like a stressful mindset because of, mm-hmm. of and because of what was said. And, and I mean, it really can beat you into a pulp when we talk about the mental and emotional, how we can start to bring about things that you never really expected. So now you, you know, not only sit in anxiety, but you sit in worry, you sit in, in fear, and you do everything that you have to do to try and, um, let's just say, sweep up the mess, clean up the mess, to cover mm-hmm. it up, to make sure that you get all of your T's crossed and your eyes mm-hmm. done. And it's like, yo, like, I don't even need to be doing this. Mm-mm. Right. And I learned so- that the hard way. And so here's the thing. So I lost family. Mm-hmm. I lost friends. Um, and, and now I'm at a point where I'm like, look, when it comes to friends and even family, if, if you're robbing my peace, you got to go. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to, like, this is me. Yeah. Like, I finally reached that space, but it took a long time. I think that's one of the first things that we tend to see a lot with, with this situation is that we, all, it, we are always on or in the defensive. Like, mm-hmm. we feel like we have to be able to um, explain it to everybody and their mama mm-hmm. about why it's happened or what it is. And I'm like, yo, like, it's But you crazy. want me to tell you something on that? Go ahead, go ahead, yeah, yeah. They're not even expecting us to. Do you know who put our pre- who puts that pressure on us? Ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's literally anxiety from within. Yeah, no. They're uh, not expecting that from us. We create this imaginary, uh, I don't know, like situation yeah. where we think, like we just put this like unnecessary pressure on ourselves. Yes. <laughs> That's what I learned. That's exactly what I learned in this whole yes. process. It's like, you know what? I'm losing sleep. I'm not eating. Or, well, you know, back then I'm, I'm good now. Thank God. I'm, I'm finally, I, I can say that I have finally healed, but yeah. back then I wasn't sleeping. I ended up in the hospital with an anxiety attack. I mean, yeah. 
you name it. And I was going through it. Yeah. And guess what? Everybody was sleeping just fine at night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Except me. And so it, it really does speak to that us kind of sometimes creating the monster because of the fact that, I mean, it's the reality is, is that I don't think anybody gets married with the thought process of, hey, I'm getting married to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, many of us who found ourselves in the predicament of being divorced, we don't know how to handle it because it was never a part of our plan. Correct. Right. And so mm-hmm. this is what tends to happen. And what is, I believe, a heavy traumatic season um, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Very um, heavy. So, yeah. I, love I never thought I was going to bounce back from this, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I never, going through the process, um, especially as a believer, mm-hmm. as a believer, like, I just, I'm like, how? How, how did I get here? I asked that question for months. Lord, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Why are we here? This makes no sense, you know, especially with the reasons why he wanted a divorce and everything. Things just didn't match up. Like someone did just not get up one day and say, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Right. And that's literally what happened. Now I can see why. Now, you know, two, three years later, it makes I sense. can see it right. Yeah. In hindsight, it makes sense. But at the moment, what do you mean you don't want to be married anymore? Like, right. this makes no sense to me, you know? No, but absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah, no. And I'm with you 100%. So I think it's important for us to definitely remember that whole thing of privacy. You mentioned something that I thought was so good, which was, um, it's, so the privacy piece in itself is a form of God's protection. It is. Right? And, and protection in a few different ways. Protection when it comes to that mental and emotional aspect of sometimes we can do too much to try and save face. Um, but then also protection from the standpoint of uh, not everybody has your best interest at heart. Correct. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think that this is definitely an area that we need to be a lot more mindful in. And, and that is privacy is okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily holding secrets, but for the time being, you've got to be able to just lay low mm-hmm. so that you can be covered from unnecessary circumstances, unnecessary conversations, and I think unnecessary hurt and pain that come with you being at such a high vulnerability space um, in this point Absolutely. in time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what happened. I remember my girlfriend, um, Victoria, after the divorce happened, and it was 14 months later, I still hadn't shared anything on social media. And um, I spoke to her about the possibilities of finally moving on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things that I, that I am, um, I have learned, especially in this process is seek wise counsel. The word says it, right? So mm-hmm. I go to God in prayer yep. and then I talk to three to four trusted individuals, always my pastor. Um, and then three other people. That's mm-hmm. kind of like my rule, yeah. a, you know, a personal golden rule that I've created for myself. And Victoria was one of them. And, and, I said, you know, hey, Vicky, so I'm considering like getting to know somebody, you know, what do you, what do you think? And, and she was like, well, she's like, Mel, um, I just want to remind you of something. You know, you might not be Israel Hilton, but I remember I want to share this story with you in case you don't know. And I said, what do you mean? And she says, when he came public with his relationship with Adrienne, he never took some time to let his people, his faithful fans, the people that loved on him, you know, forever and ever and ever know about the divorce. So he went from, you know, going through a divorce to all of a sudden talking about the divorce, with, but talking about somebody else coming in his life. And she's like, and that created a whole, a whole lot of fire on him. Mm-hmm. She's like, 
you might not be him as far as the status and the numbers, but you have a following. You have women that look up to you. Yeah. You can't just go from people thinking that you've been married this whole time to now all of a sudden you, you're open to dating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And she's like, you need to put out there, just like you put out everything else, it's time for you to talk about the reality where you yeah. are. So good. And I was like, oh my God, what? I need to do what? Because at the end of the day, my ex-husband's in the military. And, you know, I never want to damage his reputation. Right. Until this day, people, unless you're inside of our circle, trusted circle, no one really knows what happened between us. Right. And at the end, and I feel like when he's ready, he can share what happened. Yeah. Like I said, some of my friends be. know, mm-hmm. you know, like my friends, my inner circle, the people that, that, that walked with me through this fire and his family some some from his family because not everybody knows what really happened and like i said he's when he's ready he'll share it Mm -hmm. and i'm okay with that but i've always kind of just thought about him even though people think i'm crazy they're like Mm -hmm. what and i'm like you don't understand that's a soul that's a person yeah i'm not here to damage anybody but at some point i had to i had to make that post and say you know i am divorced and Mm -hmm. That was nerve-wracking. Absolutely. That was nerve-wracking because it's not, I never want to just bring dirt to, you know, out there. No, a hundred percent. And it's funny that you say that because I think in the same breath that you talked about Israel, I was the same way. Like I never really came out and said like, Hey, I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so, it was interesting. Um, I, I kind of said it in a very subtle way. Um, I, I did too. <laughs> I, waited I, did too. In, I waited until like November. It was like literally Thanksgiving of like 2016, where I talked about how like there were so many changes that took place in the year. And I created a picture collage and I had like my parents on there. Then I had like one picture of Delina and I on there. Mm-hmm. And so when people saw it, they were like, wait, what? What is this? <laughs> like what and just happened? I, like what I did I miss? I it in a way because I, <laughs> I, was, I was dealing with internally I was dealing with the shame of what I thought other people would think, right? Which Mm -hmm. uh, this was another portion that you and I were going to discuss, which is like the shame aspect and overcoming shame. Now, shame can come in a a few different ways, right? Like shame can definitely come in us having a preconceived notion of how we Mm -hmm. think others are going to take it. Mm -hmm. Um, Shame for me personally came from the fact that, yo, like my mom and dad are going on 34 years of marriage in two months, right? Mm -hmm. So I, my mom will tell you in a heartbeat that I was the the son out of the three boys who grew up as like the hopeless romantic, that Mm. love, love, that always desired marriage. And so for me personally, when it came to just my parents alone, I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. so I, I dealt with a ton of shame in that and so I I wasn't I wasn't in a place boldly to just say like hey I'm human this mm-hmm. happened and I didn't go in depth like you talked about like definitely not sharing any of that you know a few close friends knew what took place and transpired um from the start but beyond that it was like no like I'm I'm not gonna smear you and we ended things on a very amicable term which was good. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, like, I I don't need to feel this urge to have to go in depth to explain to people the ins and out of something that was not them to begin with. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you why I took on that, um, uh, on that, uh, um, heaviness of shame. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let me paint this picture in, in this podcast episode so you can see um, why I was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. So 
I had already been divorced and so had he. So we both have already gone through a divorce. And when we met, he was in the military. And um, one of the things that we said to each other was, we are not, like, we're going to walk into a healthy marriage and Mm -hmm. we're going to do whatever it takes to keep that healthy marriage. So for two years, we dated for two years, we were engaged for three months, and then we got married. Mm -hmm. For two years, all we did was read the books like the five love languages yeah, love and respect. Yeah. Um, we even read crazy love even though it's not about love for each other but you know the way yeah. christ the way we should love christ and the way you know all of that so crazy love i mean um we went to the conferences we led ministry together um and it was so crazy in those two years on how much time we invested in ourselves at least we thought um that our photo shoot our engagement photo shoot was all of our books that we studied, it was about 24 books altogether, mm-hmm. some together, some individually, all of our books in the park. It was like, I'll have to show you these pictures, Richard, like amazing. <laughs> okay. And to this day, I'm like, Oh my God. But we like our, our engagement photo shoot involved every single one of our books right. that we did for two years. That's how much, that's how obsessed we became with the process of wanting to have a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, three years, no, sorry. Well, three years since we started the problem, everything started. And now that we're here, divorced, but I could tell you all these years later, what we were doing was patching up. And when you try to patch things up yeah. at some point, that foundation is going, it's to, crack. going to crack. Yeah. Okay. And that's exactly what happened with us. Instead of dealing with past garbage, all we did was, okay, what do you want? What do I want out of life? What do you want out of life? Okay. Let's start building from here. Mm-hmm. But we never dealt with our junk. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So. And, and I mean, that's how it happens. Right. And so mm-hmm. we found ourselves in those spaces of shame. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, you know, when we have this conversation of divorce, a lot of people can continue to live in that shame for the rest mm-hmm. of their life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, for you personally, what has helped you overcome the shame now with two? Right. You So you were saying two divorces mm-hmm. and not being aware at the time from the first one like you had all the intention the intention mm-hmm. was there to oh, do yes. the right thing. Absolutely. absolutely but you you touched on something that i believe is so valuable which is not being able to to basically heal essentially mm-hmm. and to kind of really pinpoint the issues from before mm-hmm. and it maybe even some of the roles that were played mm-hmm. from each each person right and so you, you got to be able to heal and and to to overcome but for you, what has been that process to overcome, to heal one, and now I guess to overcome the shame and mm-hmm. to be able to be strong enough to, 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 to stand in the face of all of this and to continue to be everything that God has called you to be? Yeah. So first and foremost is taking away the pressure of having to overcome the shame. Mm. Like, let's not think of it that way because that's how the pressure remains. Mm, that's good. The shame will be there. Absolutely. I mean, you cannot escape it, but let's not focus so much on the shame and let's just focus on how do I get back up, right? How do I get back up from here? So that's kind of what I want to name it because I feel like think of it, thinking, 
thinking of it as overcoming shame just kind of gives it like this negative, gotcha. just this negative vibe. And I know I, at least that's what happened to me. I had to change that narrative and I, narrative and I had to say, okay, you know what? I don't want to think about shame anymore because it's here and it's here very heavily. Yeah. What can I get back? What can I do to get back up from here? Mind so is it I'm more like, of like a, would you, would you identify more of like a self-reconciliation type of thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. And we're going to start there. Number one is acknowledge where you went wrong. Like you have to acknowledge that yes. you cannot do any kind of healing work, uh, you know, healing wholeness work without acknowledging where you really went wrong, yeah. not the relationship. Yep. You as an individual acknowledge where you went wrong. For me, where I went wrong was I w- I'm a very strong willed person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I wanted him and every relationship that I've been in, they had to see things my way or the highway. Wow. Yeah. I'm a very type A person. I'm very organized. I'm a spreadsheet girl. Everything is this, this, this. And if you take me out of my rhythm, we're, we're like, we're in, we're in trouble. And that's, that's just, it. life cannot work that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, so absolutely. that's number one. So acknowledge what you went wrong. Figure out what did you contribute to that hurt, that pain that divorce mm-hmm. and acknowledge it. Be truthful with yourself. Love it. Um, number two, I had to make peace with the fact that I tried to do everything that I could hmm. to save the marriage. I had to make peace with that. You cannot overcome shame if you know if you did not if you don't make peace with that. If you if you know that you didn't try everything you could. And That's I did. Good. Mm-hmm. I know that I did. I mean, I asked for the counseling. I begged for the counseling. I, you know, I, 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 I went ahead and, and, and did counseling myself, oh, even wow. though he didn't want it. I did it for myself. That's actually, um, I came across you by listening to healing and wholeness and mental health podcast. Yeah, That's yeah. how, <laughs> you know, I found the between the dream podcast and I binge. I remember, I don't know if you remember, I used That's to like message you like, yes, that yes, was, yes, that was exactly <laughs> this month, two years ago when I was moving into the other house. That and, was actually the, um, that was the time I started the podcast literally February of 2018. <laughs> yes. And I found you and I binged. Wow. It was like five episodes that you had oh, in or something. Wow. Yep. I remember. And I was like, I don't know who you are, but thank you. I don't oh know if you remember. I'm like crazy. I was like your biggest fan. I would like promote every single one Love of your episodes. It. Yes. You know? yes. Like, and oh, I appreciate that. A hundred percent. Your podcast helped me through. So that's, that's one of, um, that is how I began to do everything that I could to make peace, knowing that I did everything, everything, everything that I could, mm-hmm. not just for my marriage, not just trying to set, you know, fix my marriage, but fix me. So good. Yeah. You know, number three, oh, I say this, you have to unfollow a bunch of people, anybody wow. that brings any kind of, and I'm just being real. Like I am about to be real. And if people hear this, I'm sorry. It's not personal. I even unfollowed family and friends that are new were tied to him mm-hmm. and he knows this we've had conversations about it i'm like because you would get tagged you would get tagged on things that i didn't want to see i was still hurting trying to heal and it's like you feel like you're moving ahead but then you see a picture tagged and i'm not hating but yeah. you care for him or you care for her whoever's listening to this so you That's know what fair. unfollow people you don't That's have to fair. unfriend them just do the unfollow. Unfollow yeah. means they're not going to come up in your timeline for a little while. You and, know? I, and I think to your point, too, it's simply to say, like, and it's not childish. It's one of those things of understanding that, it, first of all, it's social media, right? I think we've mm-hmm. definitely done an interesting job of people as, like, replacing real life with social media. 
Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of given more credence to what takes place socially, what we see mm-hmm. more than, than what's happening in real life. And so right. to your point, you know, you, you bring up a very valuable point in what we need to do and how we can be better and make that change. So important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I call that part clean your environment, Love whatever it. that is, you know, Love it. Um, it can be your phone. It can be, I mean, for me, I, I'm using social media as an example because mm-hmm. we were a military family. So obviously, you know, all you of our, our network is there, you yeah. know, it's more social media based, but whatever that means, you know, it, whatever, whatever that means in, in the person listening to the, in their, their own environment, just, mm-hmm. just clean it up. So um, number four is keep a record of your journey. Um, journal the process. And here's why, and, and this is so real time. Yesterday, I was really discouraged. Um, I still have my days. Um, I believe I've healed, but healing doesn't mean that you no longer feel. Yeah, absolutely. You're human. Absolutely. You're, human. you're human. And yesterday, and I think any time invested in general, you're human. You're going to exactly. remember, you're going to feel. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. And yesterday, I was straight up in my feelings, Richard. I was. I, I will admit it. <laughs> and I cool. pulled my journal. And every time I get in my feelings, this is what I always feel the Holy Spirit leading me to. Get your journal and, and read your journal entry from a year, a year ago. It's happened to me in the last month about three times. And so I went, I pulled up my, my journal from a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I just read the entry for that day. And I begin to, I ask myself this question, how far have I come? Mm, that's good. And that automatically changes my situation around. So good. So if you who are listening to this, if you're going through a breakup, if you're going through um, a divorce, whatever it is that you find yourself, if you're not journaling, please start journaling. Mm-hmm. Because a year from now, if you wake up discouraged, if you wake up like you feel like, Yesterday, I was feeling like maybe like a set, like, a, like I had a setback, like I was just in my feelings. But you know what? I wasn't, re- it wasn't really a setback because a year ago, I was really in a broken place and I've seen how much I've grown. So, yeah. journal, keep a, keep a record of your journey. That's good. I like that. Um, number five is have verses for the season that you're facing. So, mm-hmm. right now, real time. You Love can see it. mine. We are recording in oh, wow. video. So wow. you can see yeah. mine. That's a and lot. I have eight verses on trust right now. So whenever I start feeling anxious, because that is the season that I'm in, I just kind of go and pull these verses and just read them over mm-hmm. and over and over. You know, and every season's different. You know, I've had my season of restoration, spiritual restoration. So I had a lot of verses on that. So um yeah, so super important. Just have verses of with what you're facing. Um, number six, six is establish a no negotiation zone. Love it. And um, for me, especially somebody that's been divorced twice, um, and I I do plan to get married one day in the future. Like to me, my story's not over. Absolutely. Um, I believe Absolutely. that I've learned a whole lot through this, and one day in the future, I know God will grant me that the desires of my heart to have a healthy marriage for sure um so in the meantime i have to have no negotiation zones in this process um i need to make sure something i read um the other day and i know that i read i i heard um jerry flowers i don't know if you know if you follow their ministry but jerry flowers uh posted a video about signs to know if the person's really ready to date. Mm-hmm. And one thing he said was stop looking for potential and instead focus on the fruit. And I feel that as women, wow, 
we focus too much on potential. Yeah. We look at a guy and we're like, oh my God, he's so cute. Oh my God, he does this. Oh my God, he does that. Oh, I can see him doing this in the future. No, sister. Is he doing it today? Mm-hmm. Because whatever he does today, he's going to magnify, magnify 10 times more in the future. So, good. so, hello, where's the fruit? I mean, the word of God tells us that. The word of God says um, that we need to judge people by their fruit. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. So how's that fruit coming along? So to me, you have to have no negotiation zones. If the person, and I, again, real time, um, I, I went on a date <laughs> and um, I started to see some things from this person as I was getting to know him. And I was like, yeah, no. It's not it. It's not where it's happening. <laughs> nope, it ain't going to work. You know, love that's it. it. Love it. Yeah, that's real. So no negotiation zone. And then lastly, and it's not the last thing on the list, and I will say this, um, but to me, it's actually the most important. And I didn't put it on, number, on the first part because um, it's not always your go-to, even though it should be. And that's prayer. Mm-hmm. And through prayer, be humble, be specific, be persistent. But most importantly, be, have an expectancy. Yeah. Because you can have all the faith in the world and you could pray. But if you're not really expecting the breakthrough, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, so good. So good. And so with you saying that, um, I love it because it actually is a great seg into one of the thoughts that I had. And and so we can come in prayer, right? But for many of us who go through separations that lead into divorces, um, specifically, one of the biggest questions that comes up is, does God still love me? Mm-hmm. Right? Definitely as believers, yeah. um, take it a step further as mm-hmm. leaders in in different forms of ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. One of the your prayers can be great, but your prayers cannot be as effective, obviously, with expectation. But what happens when that is 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 really uh, circulating around this idea of failure and in that failure, you ask that question. That is a real honest and open question mm-hmm. that I believe because of the vulnerability, and because of the hurt and pain, people tend to feel is, does God still love me? Of course, God I've gone still through this. Does God still love me? Let's break that down. Right. Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, think about it. I think that that question comes so much more than just your faith. I think it goes back to the shame. Mm. I think it goes back to does God still love me? Because so, for example, for me, He entrusted me with this ministry, and now I'm going through a divorce. Is God still going to love me through this? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. Like for me, I didn't want the divorce, but I felt like I cost. I may not have wanted it, but I cost it because I didn't steward well my 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 the gift that He gave me of being a wife. Yeah, I didn't steward it well, and I know that. I know what I contributed to the divorce. Mm. I may not have been the one to say. Actually, that's a whole other topic. I did say before he did, I want a divorce, but it was mm-hmm. out of frustration. So we got to right. watch our words, which absolutely. that's a whole of it. That's we good. Talk yeah, about. Absolutely we right. do have to watch our words. The, the, the word divorce came out of my mouth first mm-hmm. because I was frustrated and I did it as a form of manipulation, which is a whole other no, no wow. in a, yeah. in a yeah. marriage. You do not say things to manipulate thinking that you're going to get your own way. Cause absolutely. you know what? I planted that seed. Yeah. You know, but it goes back again, this whole thing of does God still love me? It goes back to shame. It goes back to what are people going to think? Um, I, now I'm not stewarding what God gave me. Is he still going to love me? 
And mm -hmm. the answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's no condemnation in Christ. Whether I, I believe we were both at fault in that, in, in, in the divorce, you know, through the divorce and everything yeah. that, that happened, we were both at fault. Regardless who was more at fault than, than, than whoever, God loves me just like he still loves him. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you say that because I think a lot of us who are in the faith uh, and, and who are believers, who are Christians, you know, one of the things that we hear people preach and teach so much is the level of despising that God has towards uh, divorce and, mm -hmm. you know, how uh, much of a disappointment and the disdainment it would be and all of that. And so understandably so I can see why people ask the question because it's kind of <laughs> like, oh, this is the ultimate failure to God and I'll never be forgiven. Right. You actually mentioned a scripture earlier in the conversation that we were having talking about, you know, if we confess our sins, the board says that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But right. then it also follows up to say, um, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? And mm -hmm. so I love that. And I think that that's so important because of the fact that in the conversation of what uh, has been preached and, and taught about what God doesn't like, we also tend to forget a lot of times that we do serve a just and faithful God, right? Mm -hmm. And and so that is important in the fact that um, when we go through these types of trials and tribulations, like a divorce where we never expected it to happen and it does, and we're, we feel like we're losing it all. You know, one of the things that we tend to, we feel like we're losing is, is our connection to, to the Holy spirit and our connection to God. Right. And so that's not the case, but I think it's important for us to keep that mindset that he is faithful and he is just in more than just the situation. He's faithful and just in his connection to us and his commitment to us. And so I just, I, I, I wanted to just throw that out there, you know, because like I said, I know that this is something that many people tend to deal with um, in that question. And like you stated, Mel, the answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. And yes yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? And I, I hang on to Romans eight twenty eight, right? Where it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good for, of those who love, love him. him. Yep. I mean, I, that's literally, and I mean, I learned so much scripture when I was standing for my marriage restoration and believing that God was going to do it. God was going to do it. God was going to do it. He's going to show up at the midnight hour. Yes. And even the day of the hearing, I'm like, nope, God, you're going to do it. But you know, what's crazy that morning, um, just a little side note on this. So you can see how God still like, he's so merciful. Like until this day, I think of that morning and, and I'm just like, God, you, you like, you're amazing. Even though I was in so much pain that morning, mm -hmm. I woke up that morning and we were still living in the same roof um, when we were going through the divorce up until the day of our divorce hearing. And, um, and it was, it wasn't even a divorce hearing. I actually um, asked for an emergency hearing for uh, um, counseling. Mm -hmm. And that morning I woke up, I made him breakfast. I got his clothes out for work because from mm -hmm. there I believe he's going to go to work or something I don't know but the whole point is I had my, I was doing my wife duties no matter what right, right. I woke up that morning at five in the morning as usual to pray get in the word and God said to me Mel would you still trust me and believe in me um even if this hearing doesn't go in your favor mm -hmm. and I just knew 
I was like, it's not going to go in my favor. God is preparing me. And I cried and I cried. And I'm like, what if it's just me, you know? Mm. And within two minutes later, I received a voice memo from a girlfriend of mine. And she's like, look, I've never done this before. I've never heard God's voice so loud and clear, but I have to be obedient. God wants you to know if this hearing doesn't go in your favor, but you still trust him and believe in him just as much as you have this heart. And at that point I'm like, Oh God, I did hear you. Right. You know? (laughs) And, um, and we went to the divorce hearing and it happened, you know, they actually took this emotion, this, this, this emergency hearing. And that's Mm -hmm. when the judge was like, look, he does, I cannot make him go to counseling. So here you go. You're officially divorced within 30 days. And I was like, Wow. What? Like, are you kidding me? And I'm saying all this to say, go, I go back to Romans 828. Mm-hmm. God will work it for his good. Yeah. No matter what. Absolutely. No matter what. Doesn't matter whether you were, you were the one that caused it or not. God will always work it Absolutely. together for his yeah. good. That's good. That's good. He definitely will. And, and God is faithful to restore as well. Mm-hmm. And in that, that, that leads me to, um, this final point is we get ready to close this up. Um, wholeness and love again, right? Mm. Restoration. You actually mentioned it. You alluded to it when you talked about having those desires of your heart met to be the wife that you know that you have always desired to be and that God wants you yeah. to be, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I know that a lot of times, um, you know, we started this conversation off talking about the season um, coming up with Valentine's Day and we've been seeing so much marketing mm-hmm. and advertising and promotion. And mm-hmm. I know that there are many people who have been divorced who see this on a daily and, you know, it, it might strike up um, memories, old feelings. It might trigger certain things. Mm-hmm. It might cause you to kind of get into a funk. And that's why this podcast uh, today is so important, right? In no way, shape or form are Melanie and I um, encouraging like, Hey, go out and get that divorce. Right? <laughs> like, no, like that's not, not, at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, but we wanted to be able to have something real life for the people who have had it, for the people who, mm-hmm. who find themselves in this position, in this predicament, mm-hmm. because many times mm-hmm. we don't have these conversations enough. And so there are so many people who deserve restoration, who deserve reconciliation, mm-hmm. who deserve healing and deserve to know that they are still loved and they are still his beloved that mm-hmm. don't. Um, and so that's why we're in this today. And I think even more than that, um, it, it's enough to say that in his love, we can definitely find the love that he not only deems appropriate, that, but that he, I would say, Mel, that he desires for us. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that agape in the mm. most intimate form with the person that Christ desires for us, right? Right. And so with that being said, I guess maybe I'll kind of speak from this. I know you said that you've been in a space where you're like dating and, but you're realizing. No longer. Yeah. No longer. No longer. longer. I just give it. Um, (laughs) No, let me clarify that. Okay. Because yes. So I decided, um, and I will, this is how transparent I'm going to be in this area, especially when it comes to this point we're about to make. It is so important that we take our time Mm. to heal. Yeah, yeah. I will say this. When I tried, uh, you know, and I laugh because now I'm like, man, Mel, you should have known better. I was not ready. Yeah. I was not ready. Wow. Um, I had triggers. I had, um, I just know I wasn't ready. Now, I will also say this. I thought I was ready. And if it wasn't for me taking that step and saying, okay, well, let me just, let me just try this out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I would have never noticed that I still had some trust issues I had to overcome. So I've had people ask me, how do I know that I'm ready? How do I know I'm ready? I'm healed and whole and ready to move on. I'm like, right. 
I thought I was ready. But honestly, I wasn't. So I believe there might be some things that you're not going to know until you take that step. I don't know how it was with you and Delina. I don't know if you, you know, maybe you can speak on it a little more, but I will say this, when it comes to wholeness, to me, wholeness is just having that abundant life, right? Like you're able, like you're finally whole, you're finally um, have dealt with certain things. And now you could abundantly love somebody and by and, and abundantly trust and abundantly. And it's all about giving. Even my pastor talked about this today, how, yeah. you know, it's all about serving forward, not expecting to be served. Absolutely. So, and so I think that in this, for me, it's interesting that you talked about the experience. So if this makes any sense whatsoever, um, I believe that my healing actually started well before the divorce had even taken Me too. place. And the reason why I say that is because um, even before I had originally gotten married, I was fighting an uphill battle and thinking, actually, you funny, it's funny you talk about this, but I, I thought that marriage would heal the issues that were taking place during the dating process. Mm. Um, I was very bullheaded and... Um, very adamant about, and I, I've I've briefly talked about this. Um, so Will Smith was on a radio interview with Sway in the Morning um, in the um, campaigning for the new Bad Boys movie that had come out, and he was talking to Sway about this uh, this idea for so long that he carried about how he believed that um, if he had enough success, he'd be able to essentially succeed his way out of his childhood traumas and some of the traumas from early on. And I actually took that approach in marriage where every relationship that had failed, every person that had broke up with me, everybody who um, I was with that I thought should have stayed or that we could have been something, in my mind, and I, I unconsciously did it, but you, you talk about being able to look at things years later, right? And, and see yourself and your faults. I, I tried to succeed my way out of some, some hurt and pains from relationships before with this idea saying that I'm going to prove to you all how you missed out by showing you how much I can love this person and have them love me in return. Yeah. And I'm going to make this decision and do it through marriage. And my heart was in the wrong space and Mm -hmm. it got me into a a situation to where like, man, like you almost get pulled back into depression by trying to make this move to one, impress people, to two, prove people wrong, and three, to try and have a false reality of success, this mirage that people would see while actually putting yourself in more hell than you were, than you were in in the first place. Yes. And so um, it, it was interesting for me, like when I started to see that and as things were going away um, in the marriage early, I would say probably about two years in, I realized that I made a huge mistake and I started to realize my faults and in I was still in the next two years trying to forcibly fix it to make the person um, see, to make my ex see like, hey, like, no, we can, we can, we can make this work. But like, the reality is, is foundationally, this was not built, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, on what it should have been. And the reality is, is that we realized it wasn't just the thing of being opposites. We realized like, yo, we did this out of straight disobedience. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it hard. But 
needless to say, in that um, Delina and I were friends for a long while before um, we had started dating. And she definitely was a, a backing spiritually um, when it came to just her prayer, her encouragement. And I think even in that, in her, you know, encouragement to be like, hey, there's no need to rush. I'll be here. I see the same things in you that you see in me. Um, but you need to be able to just kind of take this time. And I think in that too, one of the beauties that we had was that um, I really wanted to heal this time before I, I got into this space because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't bringing anything in. Because honestly, my my first marriage started from me getting into a relationship with my ex-wife probably five months or less after my final suicide attempt. So you talk about somebody who was completely wow. just um, uh, insecure, incomplete. And we dated for five years in that. And in that five years, I found my identity through her. Mm-hmm. And so there was never really that space and time to heal even there, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is before the four years of marriage. And so I say all of that to say that through all of that, through that time, and I definitely think through where we are now, Delina and I are getting ready to hit two and a half years. And it has been complete opposite of everything mm-hmm. that I've had before. And I love it. And I'm like, man, like God's restoration in this is Israel. Um, and God's healing in this is real. And the love that you can experience is very real. It just takes... Like you said, that healing, and in that healing, there are a few things that happen. You knowing yourself, gaining your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in knowing yourself, a lot of times we talk about knowing ourselves in what we think we deserve. Mm-hmm. The other part of knowing yourself is you. That's you, dangerous. You, well, we th- and you, you literally did the quotations. I you know, know guys, it, you can't you, see you, us. You, you, hit, you hit on it mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. The other part of knowing yourself is accountability to the nonsense mm-hmm. that you bring to the table. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so and I think that is so important because what it does is, is it puts you in a position to hold yourself accountable and to rebuke the devil out of you when you need mm-hmm. to so that oh, you yeah. can know you're what the, needs you're your biggest enemy you're yeah, your biggest enemy absolutely. and you have to know your weakness your yeah. own weakness absolutely and, and let me take it a step further you have to know who to give permission to call you out mm-hmm. i got my i got my people like i got literally my best friend knows like listen call my bluff yeah because we need it we got we have blind spots that we fail to recognize yeah absolutely Super important absolutely and so i think with that being said you know it definitely is a space and time um for us to be able to do this uh to be able to heal to be able to become whole first here within self and then obviously um to to really be able to identify that love and when that love comes you know, being able to to really seek the Holy Spirit um, and to pursue it in a way that is um, going to help you to not make the mistakes and the, the the bad decisions that you did before. Yeah. 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 So good. So, you know, my first marriage, um, I wasn't in Christ. I wasn't mm-hmm. a Christian and I should have, it should have never happened. It was, if I just tell you about that, like I won't because <laughs> I'm going to keep the person, <laughs> but I'll tell you for my part, I should have never happened. Now something beautiful came out of it, which is my 15 year old. And it. Oh my God, that's my baby. You know? So yes. Yeah, so that's literally, and we're really good friends. We're and I can't even we're, we're amazing co-parents I'm like literally really really good friends so it's almost like that don't count <laughs> you know like to me I'm like yeah I was married 
16 years ago, but that doesn't count. You know, like it was just a thing. We were divorced within a couple of years, like, nah, mm -hmm. you know, but um, with this one, it's one of those things where it's like, Lord, I don't want to make a mistake because now I know better. Yeah. Now I know what the scriptures say. Mm -hmm. You have to, I wish, I wish I can portray what happened the day I read second Peter. Um, I think it's, no, First Peter chapter three, where it talks about like the behavior of a of a white of a woman, you know, towards towards a man. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first, um, yeah, I think it's First Peter chapter three, one through seven, um, where it says that you will win, you will win your husband, um, with your um, with your gentle, with your gentle and quiet spirit. Mm. And um, and I told you that I'm a type A. I'm still a type A. I'm just, I believe God has humbled me mm -hmm. to still, I don't think God wants me to change the way he built me. You yeah. know, um, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a doer. I'm you know, a podcaster. I have a community right. and like, I'm always on the go. And I'm that, I, I, I'm your hype girl. I am your yeah. hype girl and anything that you need. Right. I don't think God wants me to change that, but he still wants me to be a submissive wife. Whenever that time comes again, yeah. he wants me to follow the scripture as to what my character should be like, whether it's the Proverbs 31 woman, which, almost every woman hates right they're like ah, no, no. no but you know like and, and i look forward to that yeah, I, really yeah. do. I look forward to that in the future but i wish you would have been there the day i read those scriptures and when that you know one thing when you read the scripture but another thing is when it's really hiding in your heart yeah and you're just like oh my god lord thank you thank you for giving me your word thank you for showing me the woman that i need to be for that That's future good. husband mm -hmm. that you have for me yeah you know so in all this yes i hate what i've been through but i love who i've become love it love it so good melanie thank you so much for this conversation today thank, thank you for you. just taking your time out awesome. and sharing and I'm, I'm excited for you to be able to use this as a tool in ministry and in life to be able to help people um who are going through the same thing who will go mm -hmm. through the same thing and in that, them being able to be drawn in um, closer to the word, closer to the king, and really getting into a space of redemption and reconciliation to where they can and will have that godly love, that, that kingdom love, um, and that agape love. Amen. Real quick, before we get off of here, um, can you do me a favor and just let mm -hmm. people know where they can follow you and find you, social media, yeah. website, yeah. blog, all of it? So listen, I didn't share much about this, but something beautiful has come out of this whole mess and now have a ministry. It's called Faith, Coffee, and Journal, where mm -hmm. I help women find um, their way in intimacy in God. Mm -hmm. You know, as women, we're always on the go and we just don't know how to have, how to sit down, how to yeah. be married. You know, um, we're Martha's. There's a lot of Martha's out there. And so I, I, you know, I like to help women find that time in their schedule. Mm -hmm. And so I do a lot of challenges and things like that. So nice. I would love for any woman that really desires to just have, have that um, intimacy with God on a daily basis. Um, go follow us at Faith Coffee and Journal on Instagram, or you could join our community. Um, it's private on Facebook, Faith Coffee and Journal community. Or you could just follow my personal account. It's Miss Melanie Reyes, MS Melanie Reyes. Love it, love it. It's my sister, y'all. Mel, thank you so much. Um, really bringing the, the sunshine in on this conversation all the way from Florida. Uh, make sure you all <laughs> go follow her, check her out. And uh, like we said, you know, this conversation is important because many people go through it, but this is not the end of your story. Like Mel said, um, yeah. God has so much more in store for you all. We love you guys, and we're definitely.
definitely praying for you. And uh, as always, you're not losing in life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream. What is between the dream? It's your process. It's the point between your present moment and your promise where you're going to be. And God has promised so much more for you. So excited to see that more happen for you. Until next time. Peace.